Welcome to Straight and Curly, a podcast for self-improvement junkies. I'm Kelly Exeter. And I'm Carly Jacobs. This is episode 138. Hello and welcome to Straight and Curly. This is our first episode for 2020. And as we tend to do, this will be a bit of a catch up on where we're at episode. And there's quite a lot going on in Australia <laughs> and around the world at the moment. And we're going to speak to all of that over the course of this episode, because Kelly and I just cannot believe what has happened since the last time we recorded. We got on the <laughs> Skype call today and we were just like, this is, and we, we stopped talking. We were like, we can't, we no, we need to just record all of this. This is bananas. Um, but first of all, Kel, how are you today? Oh, look, Carl, I'm just very <gasps> stoked to even be talking to you. Um, it's been, what, has it been four months since we've I think talked? just with about, yeah. Four months. And it feels like a year's worth of stuff has happened in that time. So, yeah, listeners, look, we literally, this is the first we're talking to each other, Um we haven't done a big catch up before the show. We have not spoken to each other other than, you know, briefly on social media in four months. Um, so we're going to catch up with each other and we're going to catch you all up with what we've been doing. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I don't even know where to start, Carl. Like, so when we left off last year at the end of November, <laughs> you were about to go to New York and yes. I was, I was, you know, I was contemplating, you know, my, my, the first Christmas with that. And so you go, you talk about New York first. Because, <laughs> yeah, it was a very exciting reason that you went to New York. Yeah, I realized I never really followed up on that because we haven't recorded since then. And I did a little story about it while we were in New York, but then I didn't really kind of write about it or anything. What happened was um, Ben and his company, mainly Ben, because it was like this was his baby. He won a he won Apple iPad app of the year for his app Flow, which is the drawing. Yeah, app. the drawing. So. It, yeah, so it was a really big deal because they won an Apple Design Award earlier in the year, but then they also won Apple iPad app of the year. So they gave us two weeks notice <laughs> and they said, can you come to New York for just like this thing? And they never tell you anything because they're yeah. So they're just kind of like, we need you to come to New York for this completely unrelated thing. Maybe you should come. So we And you're like, we're going to assume this is going to be worth it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So we – um had Ben's brother's wedding on the Saturday night. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, yes. then we, and then we had to be in the car at <laughs> 9 o'clock the next day to drive to Sydney to fly to New York with our almost one-year-old <laughs> who was an absolute dream, but she was she's one, so <laughs> just didn't sleep on the plane. I had the time of her life just, like, hanging out and meeting everyone, and she was awake for, like, 24 hours and oh, just happy as anything, <laughs> just bouncing up and down. It was crazy, but it was wonderful. We just had the best time. She had her first birthday in New York, which is just going to be so hard to top. We <laughs> went to, you know, the Central Park Zoo, and she just pointed at all the animals and just had the best day. We had such a great trip. It was exhausting and wonderful and – yeah, I had a few people asking me about traveling with a one-year-old and I can honestly say it's so worth it. It's not, I mean, plane rides are crap anyway, so it's not like babies are ruining anything fun there. <laughs> 
Um, and then once you actually get there, it's great. You know, we went to the Museum of Natural History and it was just the best day of her life. And we just toured around in New York and just, it was so fun. It was really great. And that was, yes, yeah, so that was why we went to New York. So I knew a few people were asking why we went and that's it. So yeah, we had a really great end of the year. Um, how was your Christmas? How was your first Christmas without Ant? Uh, look, I won't lie. It was, um, very difficult, but um, yeah. I, I was really just like, you know, as long as the kids have a good day today, that's all I care about. And they they did. They had a good day. They saw their cousins on both sides. Um, we had lunch with the family on both sides. I, I had like kind of a meltdown, little mini meltdown in between going from one to the other where it was just unbearably sad and I just but you know all I did I just you know sent the kids in to my aunties ahead of me and I said look I just need to sit out here in the car for like a couple of minutes and I've just been really open with them the whole time so they were like yep okay um see ya and they went inside and I just had a couple of minutes and then yeah so I just kind of got through the day but honestly it feels and then yeah and then after that um in January was the one-year anniversary and that was, again, that was difficult but also easy in that I managed to hire a boat for like my family and close aunt's close friends and we just went out on the boat for the day and, again, the kids just had a really lovely time with like our aunt's friends' kids and their cousins and, the, you know, we were out on the boat for like five or six hours and everyone at the end of it was like, how how was that five or six hours? Like it felt like an hour. So it was a really good way to make a hard day just disappear very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's funny because um, I spent most of January, I, I went onto the board, I, I kind of ended up on the board. I'm not really, still not really certain how that happened of, of Jaden's basketball club um in December last year and from that point on it was it it was kind of a bit crazy in a very head down bum up kind of way for all of the you know the what remained of December and all of January it was quite full on um and that did just a really good job of distracting me and keeping me busy but also in a way where I felt like I was giving back in some way to, you know, a community that I'm part of. So, yeah, that that kept me very busy all through January, at which point that's when we had all the fires on the East Coast. Is that January or December? That was, yeah, it was was kind of both. Like it's, well, it sort of, it really started in November. Like it was quite early, like quite, yeah. yeah, early towards. So our particular area wasn't on fire until kind of much later, but, um, yeah, that they were burning for months before it, that shit storm just happened. Um, yeah. So that was kind of all up and down the coast and all near us. We were basically just <laughs> surrounded by bush. Yeah. Well, that's months, what I, I, so. I did check in with you to say, are you guys okay where you are? So just so, um, yeah. for people who, so I live in Australia, but I'm on the West coast of Australia and we did not have any bushfires over here. We, we are a long yeah. way away from everything and anything. Um, whereas Carly's on the East coast and she lives in the country 
And mm. yeah, and so the bush or the country is literally where... in the bush and in an area that has a very strong bushfire history. We had massive bushfires in 2009 and huge ones in 2011 as well. Um, so our local um, CFA are just fantastic, and they were the that was the first introduction we had to living in our little town. Yeah. Um, we live just outside of Beechworth, so we're like different to Beechworth. Um, so we've got our own little. Um, fire service and they're just fantastic they knocked on our door we literally moved in and 10 seconds later they were knocking on our door (laughs) saying you know oh bushfire plan and getting right into it we were just like oh hi what what how serious do we have to be about this and they were like really really serious serious. yeah (laughs) and like we we ended up we, we meant to get like a bug out kit already and be prepared for it. And we just weren't at all. <laughs> and then, um, so we ended up having the car, the car was just permanently packed for about a month and yeah. the, it, the weather was awful. It was really hot and really smoggy and we didn't have air con at that point. And so we ended oh up getting God. it eventually, but at that point we didn't have it. And it was just a nightmare because we couldn't open the windows and we couldn't go anywhere. And so we had Harriet at home because it was holidays and we like, we just get in the car and we'd drive like we'd just drive to you know Albury and kind of hang out in a mall and then drive home again so it was just horrible all we wanted to do was work in the garden and we couldn't do that and then yeah and then so that ended up we ended up that ended up fine eventually all the fires got put out and it was fine but it was just that anxiety for a full month yeah having you know we had Harriet's um uh travel cot in the boot just permanently for a month yeah. and that was really horrifying just thinking you know if if we have to leave and we have to get her out and another problem was was that our safe place is Canberra which is where Ben's parents are and my parents are and Canberra was under threat half the time yeah so. oh I mean it was just the scale of the fires and the amount like it, you just can't even comprehend it like even you no. know there was lots of people trying to do images and you know, the size of Australia by itself and then the, the amount of it that was on fire was just so horrifying and so many people were just, as you said, like just on high alert. Just the whole time. For, for like, a, you know, yeah. So that that was terrible. And then yeah, and that then settled. Yeah, like half a second of respite. Oh, well, and, and that's when that. I went to Nashville is in yeah. that half a second of respite, <laughs> I feel like. How was, how was Nashville? It was really great like I really oh when it came time to go I was like nah I just I just can't I cannot get on a plane I hadn't been on a plane and flown to the U.S. for 12 years and I holy moly I thought didn't you oh no no, as in that distance yeah I you know but flown around in Australia or flown up to Bali um but I just hadn't done that long haul like from from to get from Perth to anywhere yeah it's, it just takes a long time to, to except get from bali <laughs> except bali um so yeah so you know to get to la uh, sorry to get to nashville took i think it was 30 something hours of traveling oh. um and i'm just just not I, I don't get scared of planes but the whole close personal space and locked mm. into I like, you know, a tiny bit of claustrophobia there. Um, so, but you know what? In the end, and, and if my friend Darren Rouse hadn't been going, I will give Darren a huge shout out here. If he hadn't been going, I would have cancelled this trip like a hundred times over. It was, it was very busy with basketball. It was very busy with life. I was like, I'm not, just not ready to leave the kids for 10 days. It's too long. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And then also what I realized kind of just before I went was, 
how much of a crutch the kids were for me insofar as coping, like in oh, that, wow, you know, like in being able to focus all my energy and effort on them, I could just not ignore my grief, but I could quite easily get through the days. Cause, yeah, and just ignore it because you were too busy to yeah. deal with it. Yeah, but, you know, then if you take the kids out of the picture and I don't have to look oh. after them, like, oh my, so I was just also quite scared about, oh, my God, like, what am I going to do? But also not only that, you also don't have your everyday things that yeah. you have to do. Like you don't have to do laundry, you don't have to do shopping, you don't have to do school run. Like literally all of your responsibilities just melt away when you travel in that kind of capacity. So that would have been really confronting being like, Oh God, now I'm alone with my brain. It, very much. And, and that's exactly what it was. It was just really, really confronting. But in the end I was like, you know what? You just like, you know what? You're a friend got a tattoo on my inside of my wrist. It says do the hard thing. So I looked at the tattoo on the inside of my wrist and I just did it. And of course it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And in the end I actually really reveled in being able to go back to my hotel room each night and just be by myself and not have to think about anybody else but myself and just lay in bed in this beautiful, comfortable bed and read my book. And, you know, I think I read about four or five books on that trip. Um, <clears throat> the course that I did was fantastic and everything that I hoped it would be. Um, the book that Darren and, you know, that I'm helping Darren with or Darren and I are working on, like we had a bit of a breakthrough with that book over on that trip, which was kind of what we were hoping. Um so it was just really worth it. Um, but, yeah, it was funny. Can, can we just circle back for one second? And yes. I saw this on Facebook. You got a tattoo? Oh, didn't you know that? <laughs> no, I did know that, but we didn't – we haven't discussed oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Because I okay. think you got it. When did you get it? So I got it on Aunt's birthday last year, which was in June. So that was when Brooke was here, oh. when Brooke McCallery was here. And it was really funny because I had – Did we – have we discussed this? Or no. Or no, we you, haven't. Have you, did, did you put it on any social media? I put it, so I did that big long update that was like in a Google sheet or something and then I shared yeah. that on the anniversary of Aunt's death and said, look, this is like kind of how the last year has gone down for anyone. Uh, okay, so I think yeah. you got the tattoo ages ago but you only kind of went public with That's the tattoo. That's right, in the last of yeah. And then I someone... saw it and I was like, okay, hold the phone, back it up. We need <laughs> to talk did. about Kelly getting what? a freaking tattoo. Yeah, so it was quite funny. Because um, obviously very out of character. Um, totally out of character. <laughs> totally rad, you badass. I remember I, reading that going, sorry. And then I just casually dropped just, it into the conversation. Just, and I'm like, no, and I just kept we're, talking. We're, we're going to have to talk about this. Thanks very much. So, well, okay. Yeah. So this, um, if there was one thing that um, I guess one way, one phrase that would sum up Ant's attitude to life was his willingness to do the hard thing, um, you know, have the hard conversation or, you know, do the, the hard thing now that sets you up for an easier life later. And like, he just never, ever shirked doing the hard thing. Um, and obviously, like, obviously, guess getting through last year was a hard thing. So on his birthday, I think I was looking for something, some way to obviously commemorate his birthday. And I guess what I felt was that I had lost something lifelong and permanent and lasting. And so I thought, well, what's something that I can get that's lifelong and permanent Aww. and lasting that, you know, is reflective of, you know, what we had together. Um, so I thought to myself, a tattoo. And then I was like, this really, um, really? <laughs> this 
<laughs> so are you really going to get a tattoo? It's a really weird thing for you to do. Anyway, I got it. So I, it was really funny because there's a tattoo parlor like near us um, and I had gone or maybe I'll go in there and I'm like, really? Are you just going to go in there? You don't even know what this place is, like oh what kind God. of people are in there. So I was like, okay. So I scoped them out like a week before. I just went in and checked them out and they were so lovely. And I said, look, I'm thinking of doing this, but I don't want to make an appointment and then back out on you. And, and they're like, no, 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 it will take about 20 minutes to, to do what you're – because I'd gotten it um, designed up already. Um, oh, my God, I forgot her name. How could I forget her name? Liz. Liz from Liz Letters. I got her to hand letter the do the hard thing oh. words for me and she did such a beautiful job. So I showed them the design and they said, oh, it'll take about 20 minutes. And it's, um, so Isn't it scary that something like that can only take 20 minutes? Oh, and it was like, there for life. That's horrifying. I'd be like, can you just pretend like it's going to take four hours because that will make me feel better? Well, it was just so funny because I was like, oh, man, if they like it, – it didn't occur to me until literally I was sitting there them doing it that I was like, oh, wow, like – you can't screw this up because Ugh. you know you need to know what you're doing, right? But obviously, Did it hurt. Um, it it stung more than hurt. So yeah, I, where I got it done, which is kind of like the you know, like I said, the inside of my wrist, um, but like a little bit further down, not not in the crinkle of the wrist, like a little bit. It was probably the best place to do it, I think. Um, and so far as hurting, but it was mm-hmm. quite funny because I had. It was quite a full-on day, Aunt's birthday, because I went and saw a medium. Um, I'm not going to go into that now, but um, <laughs> so I think we're going to have to save some things for a future podcast. But it was funny because Brooke was here, um, so I'd said to her, like, I'm going to go to this medium, and then we'll debrief afterwards, and then I think you're getting a tattoo, but let's talk about that afterwards, because, yeah, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Um, so anyway, I went and saw the medium, and then I went for a walk with Brooke, and we kind of debriefed from the medium, and then we went and had some lunch, and then... And I was like, okay, so what do you reckon? Ironically, Brooke had only just recently gotten one as well. No way. I know. Um, when she was in Canada. So she was like, I well. I feel like Brooke would have already had a couple. So I don't know why. In I my head, I'm like, is, oh, Brooke tattoos, yeah. I thought that as well. But no, she had, I was like, because you've got one. And she's like, yeah, and but I only just got it like three, four months ago. And I'm like, oh. In my head, I was a bit the same as you. Of course, Brooke's a tattoo person. Um, yeah. So, so she was, you know, and I was like, did it hurt? Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it did. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, but anyway, in the end, I got it and I was so, so, I just was glad I got it. It was, the funniest thing was um, on the Monday of that week, so Aunt's birthday was on the Wednesday. On the Monday of that week, um, I'd gotten together with, you know, my family and his close friends and, yeah, had not a party, but just a gathering. And Mia was going around giving everyone tattoos, like drawing on everyone's <laughs> hands and everything. So then I was at my parents' house that weekend, um, you know, after the Wednesday. And, I, and you know, so now, of course, I'm just waving my hands in the air, waiting, for, you know, and like, I'm not hiding it, but I'm not showing it either. And mum's like, oh, have you still got your tattoo from what Mia did, did on Monday? And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, this is actually a 
forever real tattoos. So, yeah, I think. Did you feel like a teenager being like, oh, it no, just, no, it's real. It just, it was a, re- it was a weird feeling. But everybody was, um, everyone's reactions were quite interesting and funny. But um, I think like my sister just screamed. <laughs> but um, yeah. I think it's anyway. just because it's such a fundamentally unkelly thing to do. And that's yeah. why I couldn't let the conversation slide. I was like, no, <laughs> mate, we are talking about this because it's so rad. I just love how it, you know, this led to you doing something that you would never, ever do. And it's just like such a cool thing. I'm just, yeah, you, you're badass, you boss. Well, thank you. Dude, the funniest story is that the fact that like that half the, not half the reason, but part of the reason I went to the medium before I got it done on his birthday, because I was like, I'm going to give you a chance to say, Kel, no, come on. <laughs> it's just, you do not need to get a tattoo for me. But he didn't, so here it is. And no, I, I, and who knows? Up, Ant was just up there going, like, what I dare the? you. I dare you. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's not something it. he would have ever, like, I don't think it's something he would have really been a fan of. I mean, he would have been like, whatever, Kel, it's your body, you do it. But Yeah, totally. I, I don't think he would have cared much, which is probably yeah. why he didn't send your message. He's yeah. just like, look. Hey, you do you. <laughs> you do you, honey. Anyway, so anyway, I've got do the hard thing on the inside of my wrist and every time, you know, I get to look at it every single day and it's just a good reminder of, you know, it has endless applications, let's just say. So anyway, I went to Nashville. It was really great. I'm so glad I did. I went, I went when the first murmurings of coronavirus were, you know, so we were all aware of it, but it yeah. hadn't really hit Australia yet. Um, hadn't really even hit the US yet. Like there was awareness, but not really there as opposed to now where it's a disaster in the US. Well, Darren and his wife, Vanessa came to oh, yes. Beechworth, like my region shortly after your trip. And we caught up and had dinner and had drinks and it was lovely. And I had friends here from Canberra who are just marvelous. And so we all had drinks and hung out together and they all just really loved each other and it was fantastic. But yeah, so Darren was talking about it. He's like, oh, Kelly says hi. And I actually didn't realize Darren was going with you to Nashville. So it was really lovely hearing from him. He's like, oh, I was in Nashville with Kelly. So it was all really lovely. But it was kind of at that time that it was sort of breaking out and we were sort of talking about coronavirus then. And it was kind of like the next weekend, just stop going places. Yeah, (laughs) well, that's it. It was so odd. Because, yeah, so so people – so what is it? Today is March the 31st. We're recording on March the 31st. So this is the situation because I, I feel like we need to put some data Dates points. Yeah, yeah, because um, things are moving so quickly. Like, I mean, I, and one of the worries that I, like we were supposed to record two weeks ago, but two weeks ago, like everything was still kind of on in WA at least and probably actually most of Australia. So we we were spending, I was spending a lot of time in coronavirus because our basketball club, we were having, you know, being on the board, we were having to make decisions about does this program go ahead? Do we continue with training? Like what what are we going to do? Um, Our whole state league, like so our senior state league was about to start um, and it was quite confronting to be faced with making decisions that could potentially affect people's lives and potentially lead to someone's death, Um, you know. So that was really full on. So hence we did not record because I was too deep in that and I just couldn't even. And and that was the point where, you know, what's going to happen? We don't know what's going to happen. And then from that it just really escalated and over the past two weeks we've gone from, oh, 
so it's all sport shut down in Australia first, so all sport shut, and then then we started going. Events were shut down pretty early, like concerts yep. and cinemas and things were quite early. Gigs, like music gigs and festivals and things were shut down. Yeah. And then it went to like non-essential shops and uh, just – and then gathering sizes started getting smaller. So, and this has all happened in like literally two weeks. It it's went from like crazy. no more, you know, no gatherings over five hundred. Okay, no, no, no gatherings over a hundred. Now there's no gatherings over ten. Now it's now we're down to two in WA. I think all of Australia is down to like a gathering is two people. You can yeah, meet no, one I person. <laughs> I think we're a little bit further ahead than you because we're one person from one household can visit another household. Um, but that's it. So it's, and, yeah. and that's kind of just like, they're also saying just don't do that unless you really yeah. have to do so. Just unless don't you leave of, your house. Well, we're yeah. actually, we're there now. Actually we're all our borders. So WA where I live is kind of almost a, a country in itself. Um, we're on the West coast of Australia, as I've mentioned, and we're a little bit like, so Tasmania, which is at the bottom of Australia is, is an Island. So they can kind of shut their borders to, to the rest of Australia. And they and shut them quite early. Like yeah. So they a week sh- or two ago. That's right. And we've, we shut ours this week. Uh, oh, sorry, last week. And we're about to actually shut them harder. As in, if you don't live here, you can't come here. Like, yeah. You want to visit family? Between- no. Uh, Victoria and New South Wales aren't shut, but I don't think they ever will be. Because I don't see have, how they can be. Yeah, because we've got Albury, Wodonga, and they're like one town that's kind of split in half. So yes. Albury is in Victoria? New South Wales. Oh. No, I think Albury's New South Wales, and oh god, I don't know. And I live right <laughs> on the west. I think Albury's New South Wales, and Wodonga is Victoria, but they're right next to each other. You literally like you you drive through them, so there's no way that you can close them no. off. And ACT is kind of included in that. But the um, New South Wales Premier and the um, Victorian Premier are both fantastic, and they're working really well together. So I think they're kind of in cahoots, kind of. Yeah. But New South Wales and Queensland's cut off. And I'm pretty sure Victoria and South Australia are cut off as well. Yeah, well, WA has just – we've actually stopped trans travel between the regions of WA as well. So, like, if we want to go down south and go to a holiday house and hang out in isolation down there, no, can't do it. So, And I have to do a shout-out to both our federal government, which is our national government, but also our state governments. I really think they've all done – a phenomenal job. Like I know people will have different thoughts on that. I but think our state governments have been fantastic. I think our federal government could be a little quicker. I think they could have been, but I think they were very – I understand having like had to make decisions for a basketball club yeah, and seeing the trickiness of decisions at that level and that the fact that every decision you make has a flow-on effect somewhere else and sometimes places you wouldn't even think and has real impact on people's livelihoods, um, I can only imagine what – it, that would be like at a national level or like oh a- look i i completely agree and i mean i'm i'm not going to say i'm the, a massive fan of scott morrison uh, I, i'm I, not I, either I, I totally I've, not. I've, look i've hated prime ministers of australia a lot more than him he's certainly <laughs> not the worst one we've ever had um but in his defense he's had a really really rough year as prime oh. minister i'm like you poor bastard i mean really i think that guy just needs a like a, a bit of a sleep in it's just been one thing after another 
Yeah, it's been, I think he's been on a hiding to nothing. I'm not a big, a big fan of him as a leader, but I think, oh, my God, just at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's doing that job right now. Like, Oh, it's it's all really Yeah, difficult. you're on a hiding to nothing. But our, certainly our state premier has done a fantastic job and my perception of other yeah. state premiers is that they too are doing fantastic jobs. Um, We've got and- Dan Andrews in Victoria and he's been outstanding and they've got Andrew Barr in the ACT and he's also been outstanding. So we're just really I, – I hope I got those names right. I'm sorry to anyone who's super into politics and he's like, no, it's this person. Uh, yeah, I, I've been very impressed with the communication from, um, yeah, state premiers. They've been really, really excellent and, um, yeah, just just really good. This is so unprecedented. Like it's really oh. – it, I'm, I'm still just shocked. Like I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, that's right. We're in the middle of a global pandemic and I don't get to see anyone for months. Well, it's that's weird. It. Well, it's like your life. So it, I feel like everybody this year is living my life last year. So like my totally. life last year was both, so obviously grief, I was experiencing extreme yeah. grief, but I, I felt like a lot of the time I felt like I was in a movie, like this is a movie. Uh, I'm a yeah. actor in a movie, and there's there's a shit movie. Um, uh, but this is where I'm at, and now I feel like everybody, this like so everyone is experiencing a level of grief. So we're all in lockdown, effectively. Like we are our politicians, pretty much the whole world uh, now. I think that's right. And our politicians don't want to use the word lockdown because they don't. Uh, for whatever reason um yeah they're not using that word yeah. in australia <laughs> but, but yeah but they have said we would really like you all just to stay home unless you mm. absolutely need to go out and you can only go out now if you're going to get food medical help exercise or um you know or some kind of any other like super like essential it's super super essential like you do not leave your house unless it's super essential all the kids are home from school unless like their parents are healthcare workers and need them to be at school um so yeah so me myself and the kids we've been at home together for like you know probably the last 13 12 13 days yeah. um it, and every so everyone is experiencing this grief for the life that we all just we all had three four weeks ago you know when we were all going about our business and I was joking with people at the basketball club how like you know our biggest problem three weeks ago was like this team isn't in the right division and we need to get them in the right division and like you know like just dumb stuff that is not important but is when exactly, life is good. yeah. Well, like yeah. Ben actually was in Italy for two weeks when you were shortly after you came back from Nashville. So he got back. Oh wow! Um, he, he was actually in Milan. Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah. Jeez. When it, 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 all the whole breakout in Italy happened as he arrived in Milan. So then he was there to do work with um, his partners Moleskin, who he his partners with for the Flow app. And then he ended up. So he ended up getting out of Milan before it even reached Milan, and then he ended up in. France and got back before any of it oh. touched him. So he was fine. He self-isolated for two weeks anyway, even though Good he job, showed ben. no symptoms and wasn't in contact with anyone. But I solo parented for two weeks. <laughs> and like it was totally fine. Like, you know, I Harriet went to daycare, I did my work, we had visitors on the weekends, it was all lovely. But Ben was like, Oh, I'm so sorry I have to go away for two weeks. When I get back, you know, you can go to all yeah, right. go to the movies and you can go out for dinner. And he's like, I will just, you know, you can have as much time as you want to go and do stuff. And then 
he got back and we basically went into lockdown immediately. And I'm like, oh man, I wanted to go see a movie and, you know, go to the mall and do all these fun things. And and now I'm just like, well, that doesn't matter at all, does it? Because people are dying. Like it just puts everything into perspective. So yeah. And that's it. it. It is one giant perspective event. And I'm interested to see how the world comes out the other side of this are we coming out the other side more kind and compassionate and just so bloody damn grateful for life that's that's what I see coming out of this I think there's going to be a lot of financial hardship I think there's going to be a lot of rebuilding of economies but having said that we're all in the same boat it's not as if one country is going to sink and the rest of us are going to rise we're all in this together we've all lost our hospitality industries all of our medical professionals are overworked we're all going to lose a significant portion of our older population sooner than their time and that's that's going to leave a, a a big scar on the world but having said that I do think that it's going to put a lot of perspective into people's lives. It's going to make them uh, more aware of their time and how they want to spend it and more aware of things that matter and things that don't matter. Already there are things that I was really worried about two weeks ago. I can't even remember what they are anymore. It's just like at the moment, I I just want to get my family through this. I want to get both sets of our parents through this because, you know, our dads are, neither of our dads are 70 yet, but you know, it's, they're pretty close. So it's kind of like, you know, they're right in that demographic of it's it's 70 year old men really yeah well my dad's an 83 year old man so I'm like mum and 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 (laughs) I don't know if everyone has experienced this where like we're the ones telling our parents stay the heck at home please stay home when they did like a week ago they announced that it was at midday on last Monday that they were going to shut down a whole bunch of staff. My mum and dad were like running out and getting haircuts and returning their pants to Target. And mum went out and got dumplings. And I'm just like, oh my God, no mum. And she's like, oh, but I had until midday. I'm like, that's not the point. That's- Coronavirus doesn't know that it's midday. No. You're coming out to the hairdresser. And I'm like, and also you're in your sixties. Can you just stop? Like, just no, stay at home. And they're being really good. And it's not, you know, my, my parents are both, you know, intelligent people and they weren't being belligerent, but it's just, yeah, yeah I think we had to stay like what I said to my parents and aunt's parents is like, we just need to be one step ahead of what, whatever the government is saying, let's do one thing further, exactly. more, more care, cautious. Um, because I feel like the government's having to be a bit conservative, but if we all do something like just a little bit more than what they're asking, exactly. like we, we're not going to come out of this poorly, are we? So, um, yeah. We have a system in our family and we've been doing this since, you know, we've all been at home like a week ago. Um, I have volunteered as tribute. I'm the family tribute (laughs) and I'm the only one that has contact with the outside world. And the reason why it's me is because Ben gets sicker than I do. Yeah. So my immune system's a little bit more robust. So if there's one stage, if I end up catching it, I feel like this is, I'm just making this up in my head, (laughs) but I feel like it would dilute through me and he'd get like a lesser version of it so Harriet doesn't leave the house she sometimes comes in the car with us but we don't take her into shops anymore I do all the shopping um, and I do it with gloves and you know hand sanitizer when I get back in and we um, are really paranoid when we get home we wash everything when we get parcels delivered we leave outside for 48 hours so that if the disease is on it it dies and then we bring it inside and unwrap it like we're being next level serious about this because 
you know, and also like my parents can't come visit and his yeah. parents can't come visit. And that's devastating because Harriet is a frigging peach right now. And it's just so sad that they get to, that they have to miss this, this time this in stage her in her life. Yeah. But having said that, it's better for them to miss a couple of months now than die and miss the rest of it. So Correct. So that's what I keep like, emphasizing to my dad, who one thinks he's bulletproof, but two does have a slight death wish, um, unfortunately. Um, is that dad, uh, my kids not gonna be cool with you knocking mm-hmm. off. So look after mm-hmm. yourself, please. Um yeah, so and exactly. it's ironic because my dad like is a massive introvert and doesn't ever want to leave the house, but does he want to leave? I think he must be a rebel because right now all he wants to do is leave the house. And I'm like, it's oh, so my funny. God, it's Dad, what's wrong with you? Like she, like she's a she's an extrovert and likes to go to parties and stuff, but like most of the time she kind of hangs around at home quite a bit and all of a sudden she just had places she needed to be this week. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? It's oh, just God. nuts. Parents. Anyway, we yes. do have a few quick tips for dealing with anxious times. Kelly, would you like to go through those? Yeah, so you do want to stay informed, um, but you do need to be quite discerning. Like, So they have said that right now we're fighting two kinds of pandemics. We're fighting a, a viral pandemic, but also an information pandemic where information that's not necessarily – true or vetted or or from the you know so right now everybody is a statistical analyst and epidemiologist like literally anyone who has a vague passing interest in those things are sharing thoughts and opinions with everyone and those a lot of those thoughts are being amplified and It's been, and I know it's been a real bit of a problem here in Australia because I I feel the government's frustration because they're trying to manage an economic crisis and a health crisis. And, you know, people would go, obviously, the health crisis takes priority. You don't want people dying. But the fact is, people either die now or they'll die later from people will die for an economic crisis. So I, I get what. I get what the government's doing and it's not helpful when like people are screaming at them, shut the borders, do this, do that. You haven't acted fast enough. Like I agree that our government probably hasn't quite acted fast enough, but I think they've done a pretty good job given there's been a few major screw-ups, mainly on the East Coast, um, and there's been a lot of hoo-ha with cruise ships. Um, oh my god, the, the cruise ships! The cruise oh. ships don't even start me. But um, but yeah, I think we just got to be really careful about. We want to stay informed because we want to know what's happening. What what are they recommending? What should we be doing? Um, but we don't want to become so overwhelmed with information and so much and and information that is at odds with each other that we don't really know what to think. So. Follow reliable news outlets. So within Australia, like go to the ABC. If you're not sure, go to the ABC and follow what they're saying. Um, And just what I've been doing a lot of, because I had to process a lot of information when we were decision-making for the basketball club, is that if something got shared on Twitter and it seemed really good, or if something gets shared on Facebook and it seems really good, almost a little bit too good to be true, like do read the comments because – there will always be people. Someone in, will call them. Someone will call them on it. So you do need to be able to discern like the difference between something that's quite highly agenda driven and not. And I guess like I've got a lifetime of trying to pass information and figure out what's 
what's what. So this is a skill that you and I both have and we've, you know, I guess we preach it, but you do need to be able to see, okay, if this seems to be good to be true, it probably is. Let's see what other people are saying and comment to it and then follow the links that they're sharing and then just try and process this information. And if you get overwhelmed and confused, just step back <laughs> and go to the ABC or go to the yeah. government um, is, you know, imperfect. It's not perfect, but it's as good as it's going to get in this current crisis. Yeah. So um, our tip number two is to monitor the time that you're spending on social media as this tends to exacerbate anxiety. What Ben and I've been doing at the moment is we watch the news um, in the morning when we have breakfast. And then just before dinner, we watch another bit of the news. We try to stay off Facebook because Facebook is just a minefield at the moment. People are scared and they're angry and uh, there's more people that are communicating via Facebook than usually communicate via Facebook and they don't necessarily have the restraint or the good computer tone that (laughs) other people might have. So there's lots of arguments, lots of people getting up in arms about things. Just back away. Don't try to school anyone on anything it's not yeah job. definitely don't <laughs> just back away try not to get into conversations about anything um and yeah just just be very very mindful about scrolling too much because like I, I I do it constantly every second or third day I end up going down a rabbit hole where I just get thoroughly depressed and I'm like well I'm not going to see any of my friends until December <laughs> We don't know that, but we there's, don't there's, know. Yeah. there's enough articles to support the fact that I won't see my friends and my family till December, but there's enough articles to support the fact that I might see them again in two weeks. The point is we don't know. Uh, just try very hard not to make any expectations and stay off social media. Yeah. I think that's the key is don't decide that oh, within two weeks, everything will be back to normal. Within a month, everything will be back to normal. Just kind of keep a very open mind about when things will be back to normal. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, definitely avoid the social media. Yeah, Social media just exacerbates everything and yeah. amplifies everything. And if you're feeling yourself getting super anxious, then yeah, the first thing to do is to get away from social media. Um, the other thing you can do, so this is tip number three, is give yourself permission to do what you can. So there's, you know, I've read all the things about people who come home from the shops and they immediately strip down and take off all their clothes and their shoes and they go straight in the shower and then they have a full shower before they touch anything in their house. And and then, of course, you start thinking, oh, my God, maybe I should be doing this too and da-da-da. And it's just like, okay, let's take a deep breath. Where do you live? Okay, Kelly, you live in WA. <laughs> There's like I think, I can't remember the number, but it's – not big. Um, it's in the hundreds. Compared to the rest of Australia. Yeah, compared to the rest of Australia, compared to the rest of the world, there is comparatively low numbers. Um, the risk has been comparatively well, well contained. Play the odds. If you live in New York, different. Okay. Very well, different. You know, if you work in a hospital, very different. Very different. But yeah, assess your own personal risk and just, yeah, try not to freak yourself out. Be responsible but without freaking yourself out. So I'm taking a lot of precautions, but I'm doing what I can and I'm trying not to freak out about what I can't. And I mean, the the biggest thing that we can all do right now, no matter where you are and where you live, is just stay home. Yeah, stay stay home. home. It's very simple. And also think about that kind of next level behavior and there's a lot of people – 
stockpiling things like masks and gloves and that kind mm. of stuff. And I think if, if you have a box of disposable gloves and you don't think, and there's no hospitals that are near you that need it, then by all means use them to do your shopping. But I know that there are people that are like buying disposable scrubs online and depriving like actual medical actual medical people (laughs) the stuff that they need so use what you have do what you can do but if you get to the point where you're practically doing surgery when you come home and a local hospital doesn't have enough masks to give their staff just maybe have a think about that yeah um number four is look out for the vulnerable in your community uh this one is much easier said than done yeah Uh, there's there's been a lot of um refusal of help in our area particularly Uh, i have put myself on a list in my town i have a volunteer police check and i'm available for any errands that need doing post office runs groceries that kind of thing and i've been on that list for two weeks and i have have not had a single request. And I know that there are lots and lots of people who are over the age of 70 in my town and lots of those people don't have family nearby. So I don't quite know what's happening there, but making yourself available uh, and, and continually making yourself available and making it very, very obvious that you're there is everyone is going to need help at this point, but particularly the vulnerable in our communities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the th- fifth and final tip is to as much as possible keep everything as normal as you can. So again, this is going to be dictated by what the restrictions in your local area, but, but, you know, so where we are in Australia, we're on, we're effectively in lockdown, but we are allowed to leave the house for exercise or to go get food or get medical stuff. The exercise thing is key. If you can leave your house and go for a walk, then do it. But just be responsible. I think there's a lot of people, I think the thing that's really irritated me is the people who are looking for loopholes. They're totally. like, totally. That that, oh that's the one thing that has completely done my head in. Like people actively looking for loopholes they can exploit and all of this. And I'm like, do you guys not understand? Like this is a literal life-saving thing that we can do. We're not being asked to go to war. We're not being asked to go and work in our hospitals unless we're medical professionals. Like that's where the war is in our hospitals right now. We're just being asked to stay at home and people are looking for ways – to get around that and I just don't really understand it. Like just I don't stay at home. It either. Like people who are like, oh well that means I can only have one mate around for beers. No, it means you have no, no mates, mates around, around for, beers. for beers. And that's like sucks, just because you're you know? allowed to have one person come over um for, for compassionate or, you know, really important reasons doesn't mean that that's a loophole for you to have your mate over to watch the bachelor. It's, I mean, it sucks. It really, really sucks. And we all wish that we could do that. Um, but the, the, the more strict that we are for the longer amount of time, the less time we have to do this. And every time someone makes a silly decision, like, going over to their mate's house because they're bored or letting your teenagers roam around the streets in packs, yes. which is just nuts. I've seen a lot of that going on. Um, or uh, I'm not sure if this is still relevant because I'm not sure if takeaways 
are still happening. I think takeaways are on the verge of not happening anymore. But um, in town, we had some cafes that were doing takeaways and people were getting takeaway coffee and then just like sitting together on park benches. And it's like, no, the reason why we don't have the tables out is because you're not supposed to sit next to each other. Grab your coffee, (laughs) keep the local economy going and then go go home. home. But having said that, on a more positive note, I have seen people practicing excellent social distancing. I saw uh, two elderly women having a takeaway coffee together and they were sitting in their cars next to each other and talking through the open window which is fantastic and I saw people that ran into each other on the street and they were standing in this enormous triangle (laughs) having this conversation and it was beautiful and I just like actually yelled out the window I was like good social distancing it's just it's really good it's most people are doing the right thing and also um a lot of people who aren't doing the right thing aren't necessarily doing it because they're assholes or because they think that they're more important. It's because they're scared and their response is to try to keep their life as normal as possible. Because if you ignore it, it's not as serious. So I'm, I'm trying to practice a bit more compassion because we yeah. know how much I love rules and I hate it when people break rules. So I'm having a huge struggle with that at the moment. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to turn my compassionate glasses on when I see like, old men at the supermarket like licking their fingers and opening up plastic <laughs> bags I'm just like just breathe it's just fine. breathe it's, it's fine. fine it's Actually, okay I wash my hands when I get home and wash all my produce as well but not with yes and on that note, I think that just about wraps it up. Um, thank you so much to everyone who continues to support the show via Patreon. We really appreciate it as it keeps straight and curly in your ears and covers our production costs. If you love listening to the show and you want to support it, just visit patreon.com forward slash straight and curly. You can also follow each of us on Instagram at smaggle and at Kelly Exeter. And finally, um, do jump into the Facebook group um, and say hi it's a bit of a weird episode because it's a catch-up episode and also like very focused on a worldwide pandemic um (laughs) so i'm not too sure how much chatting we're going to have to do about that um our next show though is going to be about uh, effective strategies for working at home because that's what we're doing at the moment so we will be back to the useful stuff next week thank you Thank you so much for listening to Straight and Curly. This week's show notes and links will be available at straightandcurly.com. And if you have any questions or weird self-improvement hacks you want us to trial, you can tweet us at Kelly Exeter or at Smaggle, or you can email us at hello at straightandcurly.com. Mom.